0: Tabletop Inquisition is a topic-based podcast,
1: so each episode we're going to tackle a different issue facing board games,
0: people who play them,
1: and the industry.
0: In this episode, we want to look at filler games and heavy games,
1: and share with you our favourites for each type.
0: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Tabletop Inquisition podcast. I am absolutely delighted to be here today and of course with my wonderful co-host Oliver.
1: Hello, how are you?
0: Hello, I'm good thanks, how are you keeping?
1: yeah all right um i think the weather is now improving it's warmer i always talk about the weather i think at the beginning of the podcast <laughs> but no it's much better now it's it's lovely and warm i've got the door open here in the conservatory so if you hear seagulls or children or anything that'll just be the outdoors hopefully lots of nice birds like um, we have got quite a few little birds in the garden but anyway oh, how about lovely. you how what have you been up to recently uh,
0: it's funny, you know, I was also going to mention the weather because that's a particularly <laughs> Irish feature where every conversation starts where you discuss the weather because, you know, it's, it's usually miserable here. But I, too, have some sunshine, so it's nice for a change. Yeah. Let's hope it lasts. Let's hope it lasts. Um, no, things are good. Things are good. Um, I've had lots of new games to play lately, which is both Ooh. awesome and terrible. I, I'm starting to feel the guilt, actually. I don't know if you've had this where you've had... A number of games turn up and you're like, wow, okay, that's loads of games. I don't need any more. And then there's another one or maybe a second one. And then you start feeling terrible about yourself because there really shouldn't be this many games. Um, And on the one hand, it's brilliant. On the other hand, it's terrible. So I'm in that kind of agony where, yes, I love games, but gosh, there's an awful lot of them. Yeah. So that's, that's that's how I am at the moment. What about yourself? What have you been playing, or what have you been up
1: to? Well, you know, I was going to say uh, same here with the review copies and things. So uh, for a long time, I've been not complaining, but thinking, well, I can't keep <laughs> doing reviews because I have to buy the game. I, I can't afford to do that. And mm. now, obviously, it's starting to flip around a bit. I'm getting review copies sent, which is really mm-hmm. amazing. I'm I'm really okay. pleased with that. You know, really and chuffed. well deserved. Um, well but deserved. It's, like yourself, you don't get a stack of games sitting there and think, right, okay, that game can wait until a bit later because the Kickstarter isn't going live. This game I probably need to do first because I <laughs> you want me to get that out of the way this game everyone's talking about so i probably should do this first and then obviously you need to keep (laughs) thinking about okay will you actually be able to play this because at the moment but as i say we find a bit harder i mean we're playing with my wife it's great and we're still doing that and probably doing that more even our daughter has joined us again for a couple of games which is absolutely amazing but then there's other games that i know they won't enjoy as much and they're not quite with them so i I need to find them on Tabletopia or somewhere online so I can play them with the games group. But yeah, it's, it's as you say, it's amazing. And, you know, I've, I feel it's great that people trust me with review copies. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to keep scheduling things and juggling things. So there's it, a bit of pressure there. But <laughs> I, I don't regret it. I think I've, I've struck the balance just right at the moment. So Yay. I'm good.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm delighted for you. A well deserved Oliver. I think it's people should trust you with their games. You do a fantastic job. Aww. Um, thank you and i'm not only i'm not only commenting on review copies these are just games i bought <laughs> Oh <gosh. laughs> you wow. know okay. I, d- I don't know if anyone else i don't know if anyone else does this but we sold some games but we always think that the money you sell from the games has to go back into games because it's like an investment system yes. so of course like so the games went away uh, and then uh, new games arrived and it's like <laughs> this is stupid <laughs> but it's amazing
1: so um yeah
0: that we have our See, game to economy. Problems by
1: buying more games then
0: <laughs> yes very much so. I um, don't know. There have been some really great and interesting things. But I, um, I keep saying I don't need to buy any more. The truth is I don't. But it kind of keeps happening by accident. I didn't think there was anything else left on my wish list at this point. But apparently the, apparently there is. But yeah. So that's been the the magic of my house of waiting for the postman and getting to try out all sorts of new things
1: so so speaking of games then what have you Mm -hmm. been actually able to get to the table from all those dozens of games (laughs) that are sitting there
0: (laughs) Uh, well i'm very good i do get them to the table at least once i I always want to play something when it arrives while it's fresh in your head so you know what it's about and you know if you're gonna like it or not the first game i'm going to talk about though today that um, i've been playing and this came in the pilot deliveries was not my of my choosing at all so this is a game i wouldn't have picked up and don't all, you know, send me angry emails when I say I didn't have any interest in Isle of Cats um, from the City of City of Games, I think is their publisher. Yeah. And anybody who's, you know, used the internet has probably seen a photograph of somebody's cat sitting in the lid for Isle of Cats <laughs> yeah. because it's got a little target marker inside and it says, here's a good place to put your cat while you're playing Isle of Cats. And it's, <laughs> well, it is indeed a game about rescuing cats and you they're all in polyonymo shapes and you need to fit them on your ship. As well as, po- as well as possible to get victory points and things like that. Um, and I'm not a big yeah. fan of polyanimo games. I like, I like patchwork, actually, and things like that. And it is kind of similar. It's like a step up, I suppose, from patchwork. But I always found they get a little bit tedious after a while. And I'm not good at three-dimensional puzzles. So I kind of... I had right. no interest in yeah. this, but my husband did. And he's been on and on about Isle of Cats for ages, and I was just like, no, nope, sorry, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let him pull the trigger. Um, and eventually, actually, it went, uh, it went on sale, or there was a price drop, like last week. So I sent him the the link. Right. And I was like, there you go, there's your chance. If you really want it, go for it. Um, so it's beautifully made, actually. It's one of the nicest looking kind of boxes with components I've seen in a really long time. It felt like it was a Kickstarter game. Yeah. It was so fancy. And I just have the regular retail edition.
2: Right, yeah, and I yeah.
0: actually liked it. <laughs> After all of my Yay. complaining and hipping and <laughs> hawing, I didn't mind this. I, I struggled to picture at what point we would pull it out, you know, to play. But I did have fun with it and I could see us playing it again in future. How often, I'm not sure. I think I need another game or two in there, but it's definitely a really well put together game. Um, it's pretty fun. And yeah, it's got cats. Yeah. Um, and anyone who follows me um, on social media will recognize that I <laughs> yeah. managed to get my dog to sit in the box for cats. I'm very proud of Gypsy. That was amazing. <laughs> it's funny, my dog knows like one real trick from all the dog training we did when she was a puppy and it was to sit in the box. So I can tell her to sit in the box oh. of any size, and she'll try and yeah. squash herself in. Oh. So um, I'm very impressed with her. So that that, that was my fun evening Great. with I love cats. So,
1: so why, why do you think this um, sort of p- polynomial sort of puzzling game worked for you? Was it because of all the other extra mechanisms that were in it, or I what, don't what know? It? A
0: it's a good point. I think it's actually the fact that your board is quite large. Like, the ship that you're right. building out is quite big. Because I find, like, something like patchwork, you really are pretty much trying to fill the whole thing. Yeah. And there's limited space. On this, it felt like there was a lot of space. And there was lots of ways to choose the shapes you wanted or didn't want. And some of the game was consisting in what you covered up with your shapes. So that was kind of cool. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah. there were end game scoring components as well um, about what you covered up with your shapes or the different, how many of each shape type you had. So it wasn't just based on here's the stuff you put down in your board. There was, there was more to it than that. Okay. So I think, yeah. that, I think that helped. Um, I'm very fortunate that my husband would allow me to like dry fit all of the pieces, as I call it, where I would pick it up and <laughs> fiddle with it on my board. And if yeah. I didn't like it, I put it back. And they're like, no, I well, want this one oh, said. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he was very forgiving. But I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't mind it. I, I think it's a very good game. It's just not one necessarily that I would pick, but I think it's good um, regardless. So yeah, yeah there you go. A
1: la it's interesting. I, I quite like these sort of puzzles where you're trying to find the right space to put things in and sort of rotates, uh, you know, these shapes in your head. I, I quite enjoy those sort of, yeah those sort of you know visual puzzles like that you know like things like hanging gardens i quite enjoy um i'm trying to think of other games now but it's it's that i I actually quite enjoy but i can see that you know it isn't for everyone i mean rome by red raven games is the other one we're trying to you know fit those shapes onto the landscape and cover them up and things so yeah quite like that but i I know what you mean it's it's trying to find that last space you know trying to fit (laughs) that in and get that right and, and knowing which one it is and how to go for it so yeah I got that, it sounds cool. yeah, so games I've been playing, I mean, we'll get yeah. to another game from you, I think, in a minute, but um mm. I'd like to talk about euphoria because literally I've just come off a live stream of Euphoria by <laughs> Stone games, which um gosh uh it's it's taken me probably about forty five minutes to explain on the stream to teach, and I'm not a very good teacher, so. If you are going to watch the stream, um, you would probably, well, you can be the judge whether you think I'm doing a good job or not. But it's, there's so much happening on this game. It's a sort of dice worker placement game. Normally with dice worker placements, the, the pip value or whatever the, the dice face shows might have an influence on, on what you can and can't do. That's not the case here. There, there is something that happens when you have you know too many pips showing, um, which has to do with theme. But really, it doesn't really matter where you place the dice, as long as there's an action space. And there's the usual sort of bumping people off and and shared spaces and you know lockdown space that only one person can go in that sort of stuff that you probably know from other um, dice or worker placement games. But there's with Euphoria, there's so much interlocking. So you basically need to get one resource to then convert into something else which you then convert into something else again which then gives you the bonus that you need to do the fourth thing and it's it's that that you know trying to work out what's happening and how best to do that that's yeah really quite complicated and complex but actually i quite enjoyed and i quite like those sort of more thinky games if you like where you do have to think ahead but it will take me a good few more plays before you sort of realize how it works and maybe even start formulating a strategy at the moment it's more of a matter of okay i need an energy where to get an energy okay i go here and that's it that's as far as you sort of, i was thinking in this game really but i can see where you know things like thinking about what works you got left when you, you bring them back, mm-hmm. what spaces to block or where, whether to bump someone or not bump some. The, all those things, I think, will be part of the strategy in the game. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, that's one game I got as a review copy, actually. So thanks to Still My Games okay. for offering a discount for that. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I'll be able to play it a few more times and get a review out very soon. Yay. So that was my first game, Euphoria. <laughs> You've played okay. it before, haven't you?
0: I have. I reviewed Euphoria some time ago now. Um, it's a really cool theme, though, isn't it? this idea of this dystopian future where the worker placement people are workers in the the system the cut you know you are but a cog I quite like the theme and it's a good looking game too i like the art as well it's it's an interesting one but as you said it's very much kind of like an interconnected engine builder of sorts um so you've got to prepare yourself for that yeah i mean
1: the artwork is absolutely amazing it's a sort Mm -hmm. of art deco science fiction sort of era Mm styly and and the theme, as you say, is really interesting as well, that you're yep. trying to yeah keep your workers so sort of occupied <laughs> so they don't think too much, but yes. yet you're trying to sort of yeah, mm-hmm. get out of that dystopian and build a better version of it. And yeah, so we'll mm-hmm. see. I mean, my, my f- friend Tom was on the stream. He isn't, I think he's in two minds about it, maybe a bit <laughs> negative at the moment. Mm-hmm. And with Jamie on there, I think, again, he felt it was a bit of a slog. But I think yeah. for first game of that sort of caliber, it will always yeah. feel a bit more... You're slow right. and more mm-hmm. like treacle until you get the sort of engine yes. or the well get a strategy sort of set up and the engine built and all that so yeah, yeah. anyway That's what was your next game on your list
0: okay so I talked about a game that I wasn't enthused about so I'll talk about what I'm very enthused about and this is one that I, I say this phrase all the time it's been on my list for a while my list is quite large but this is one I've wanted to pick up and try for ages and this is Scoville from Tasty Minstrel Games and it is a game about making spicy peppers oh, yeah. and that's all I knew about Scoville by the way by picking it up I knew it's was for Tasty Minstrel Games and I really love their <laughs> games um, and they always make those nice yeah. kind of medium weight heavy euros and then the idea of creating creating peppers sounded fascinating so when i opened up the box the first thing you notice is you get tons and tons of tiny plastic peppers and they're all in different colors and you have a, a grid on the board you place down that's your farm and you're trying to like cross-pollinate the peppers to create a new breed of pepper. So you can combine like two different colours together to get a spicier pepper. And then at the very top tier, there is like a ghost pepper. And that one is like see-through with sparkles inside. And I was determined when I opened the box, I was like, I'm making a ghost pepper. And that's basically how the game works. There's like a little chart to show you which peppers create which other type of peppers when you cross them and you walk through your farm to pollinate them. So some of it is kind of an area control puzzle. And then and some of it is, you know, kind of set collection. So you want to collect a certain amount of different types of peppers to hand them in for victory points. Right. The game has a, a set ending, and it was really really fun to play. Um, I I like you do need your chart to, to remind you what peppers make what type, and then you need to plan your turn accordingly so that you walk in the right places to create the right type of peppers. Right.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: But it was super super fun. It actually it was much better than I thought it was going to be, which is which is always a good surprise. <laughs> Um, It's beautifully made, it's well put together and I, I'd heard mixed reviews about pe- playing it at two players only. Um, A lot of people said right. that it wasn't any good at two because there, was, there wasn't was really any player interaction, which is kind of true because it's quite a big board and you could just avoid each other, you didn't have to run into each other's okay, farms yeah. at all. And then some people said, but that's what made it great at two, that you could kind of do your own thing. Yeah. And I was like okay, well, we'll have to wait and see. I think this would be quite vicious with more players. It's a game you could be mean. But the two of us just kind of built our own things and did our own stuff and had a lot of fun. So that is Scoville from Tasty Minstrel Game, the game about making the spiciest peppers. It was so good. Nice. Yeah, Tasty Minstrel
1: <laughs> are a are very good company. They they do mm-hmm. lots of great games. So I'm yeah. not surprised that, you know, you, you go by the, the company and the publisher and go, oh, that's probably mm-hmm. going to be good fun. And to be honest, yeah. I, I quite like games that are actually you know, not so cutthroat at two players, even if they then get a bit more cutthroat at higher players. I think that would be probably a game worth looking at for my wife and I. I mean, we might Mm. enjoy that sort of thing, but i yeah, said so before maybe i need to wait until i get some other games out of the way first
0: <laughs> keep an <laughs> eye out for it list. keep an eye out for it so what else were you playing oliver i'm curious to hear yeah
1: the other game i'd like to talk about is chai by steeped games and that's the game i've been looking forward to for quite a while Ooh. i first came across it when they were still playtesting it and mm-hmm. my wife and i well i printed out the print and play and sort of it all together and then my wife and i played it and we really enjoyed it and there's one bit in it i mean obviously chai's name indicates it's about basically making tea for different customers and and like in all these sort of games different customers want different ingredients different types of teas and all that and you have to collect them and get them ready you know the usual sort of stuff that you might expect from a game like this but what's Mm -hmm. really clever in this game is the actual marketplace where you Get you, I don't know what they're called, but they're just called ingredients. Um, but there's really three rows of um, square tiles, sort of in, in slots and sliders. And whenever you go to market, you buy any ingredients that are either horizontally or vertically next to each other. So if you have a whole row of, I don't know, strawberries or fruit, I think they're called, then you can buy that whole row. You might have to pay a bit more because it's a longer row, but you're potentially getting more for it. If there's a whole column worth of them. And then the clever thing is you can actually buy. Um, basically keep buying stuff until you run out of money. So if you buy in the right order you might basically buy say one lemon then everything slides to the left to fill that space where the lemon was and now you might suddenly connect three different other ingredients that were previously separate and then you can buy them all in one block. So if you buy it in the right order you can, again this is sort of the spatial puzzle I think element that I like about it. And, and you know you have to really think about in which order you buy these things. And that element, um, yeah that's something that really captured me and when the Kickstarter came up, obviously, it was one of the first backers. I don't know actually Yay. how early I got in there, but <laughs> definitely backed it. And unfortunately, they had a couple of delays, and then, you know, things happened. But uh, my game actually was probably one of the last to be delivered, unfortunately. And oh. it was partly my fault, because I got an email notification from the uh, distributor saying, oh, you know, we're posting it now. And even, I think, the uh, delivery company sent me an email saying, "Oh, we've you know, we've got the order from, from the publisher to deliver the item. But then nothing since. And i completely forgot about it. and then weeks and weeks later I, I checked and said well still nothing so i contacted dan at steep games and he said oh, i'm really sorry you know it dropped me an email and and they got that sorted out as quickly as they could Good. so obviously mm-hmm. at the moment things were a bit more complicated um with lockdown yeah. and stuff but mm-hmm. they did all they could so as i say it was my f- my problem that i didn't f- chase it up sooner i could have had it much sooner mm-hmm. um but when we got it we went for the deluxe edition as well which i tend to do with kickstarters you know Very back the nice. deluxe Level if I can afford it, mm-hmm. so you do get usually a better game Well not a better game, a nicer game, and with this, it's so true you get you know four lovely cups or is it five even mm-hmm. uh, the actual sort of ingredients are like acrylic um plastic tiles, but really chunky, all the cardboard is nice and thick, the cards are really nice uh, lots of lovely stuff in there, um and yes. yeah, I mean I'm gonna do an unboxing video. I don't think it's come out yet, but anyway, um, yeah, so you can see that there, but yeah, really pleased cool. with it, and yeah, my wife and I have been playing it a couple of times and really enjoyed it, you know, back to what it was, so a few changes since the prototype, but yeah, we've got our names on the box lid as well, so my wife Aww. and we are both on there, if you, if you have a Lovely. look under the long list of playtesters, <laughs> really enjoyed it. Wait, have exactly. you tried chai before? Have you heard I'm about not,
0: it? I've heard about it, yes. I'm, I'm well aware of Chai because I'm a big fan of tea, and tea <laughs> games. Yeah. Um, And it looks beautiful. I've seen some of the, the pictures and things like that. I just, I think you know me in Kickstarters. I'm very cautious about well, yeah, what I back. Otherwise, yeah. I think if, I, if I'd if i seen this in the shop, I would definitely have bought it by now. But Kickstarter is kind of a different beast. Yeah, Although I do love so. being able to support like smaller publishers too, because this is their first game, right, from Steve Games. It's yes, Chai, it is. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, it is. So, you know, that's the kind of projects you really want to be backing but the wallet will only allow so much
1: Steep games are going from strength to strength as well they've now that was a really shy and they've delivered it basically i think that basically fulfillment is basically complete say i was one of the mm-hmm. last few stragglers and that I say, was my fault but they've now got um the, the um high tea expansion yes. on kickstarter mm-hmm. if that's yep. still running yes. uh chai tea for two is coming later in the year which <laughs> is actually a relatively cool. different game and okay. again something cool. i want to look at so yeah i mean it, it shows fantastic. you that if, if they make a success of it they can you know go from mm. strength to strength so yeah pretty really, really proud of them Well, they've done that's a good cool. job
0: that's been some great games we played this month actually i think so all in all they were they were wholly positive <laughs> discussion of yeah. our games it's great so shall we move on to the next section
1: i think we should do that so we'll see you on the other side all right now in the main topic and today we want to talk about filler versus heavy games and whatever that means we're going to talk about so mm-hmm. Antoinette if you don't mind i'd like to start explaining roughly what i think filler games are and then maybe mm-hmm. you can sort of jump in and and see what, what your angle is and then maybe we can compare yeah. that to heavy okay. games even though i don't know whether one is the opposite of the other but just <laughs> exactly. you know two groupings of games
2: mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah so to me filler games is more about time and, and to me time is a matter of uh, everything from explaining and learning a game to setting it up to playing it and putting it away so to me that already r- 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 maybe removes some games that you know might be quite quick to play and easy to learn but actually take a long time to set up or no. games that are easy to set up but maybe take a long time to play so filler games to me are, are games that definitely were less than ha- an hour of play i mean ideally we're talking about more like 15 minutes to half an hour gameplay something you can probably play several times i mean that some of the games to me that come into it are games that maybe say okay you should play three rounds of this but you don't necessarily have to play three rounds you can play five rounds or maybe just one round so they're flexible in that sense um but yeah it's all about to me the time um it takes to play the game as i say including teaching it so if someone doesn't know this game learning it so is easy to pick up is easy to set up playing it and, and putting it away afterwards as well so yeah as i say, sort of Half hour mark is probably a fair average, maybe even quicker. How about you? What do you think or how would you define filler games?
0: I think just based on the word itself, it normally, it sounds like a game that fills in the gaps between other games. So it's not it's not like, and actually shut, shut up and sit down. You refer to like the games of the filler and like the main event game. So it's something yeah. that you might play to kind of warm things up a little bit or maybe wind things down afterwards. But like you, I entirely um, determined what a filler game is in my own collection based on the time. Um, I actually didn't think about what you said there, which is how long it takes to set up or to teach. Mm. Um in my mind a filler game is one that you would always play and it to me it'd be half to about half an hour or under. Yeah. That's how I would determine it. Although some of my filler games are definitely quicker than that and i can discuss these in great detail when it gets to my list part um but <laughs> but yeah for me it has to be quick it has to be fairly easy and straightforward but that could also be just a game you're really really familiar with like i might consider race for the galaxy a filler game because i played so much of it i've played it so often and we can actually bang out a game really fast um just two of us playing yeah.
1: I, mean, <laughs> I mean what you're saying about you know, a game that might not be considered filler games to some people because it takes them a while to learn and you know get to grips with to other people who have played a few times, then does become a filler game. And mm. I, I certainly yeah. in our games groups, I, I reckon we have a couple of those games that, you know, if I had to sit down with other people, it would probably take me 15, 20 minutes just to explain it, yes. uh, let alone then play another half hour. So we're then into an hour's worth of playing, which I think maybe is just within the filler limit, but, you know, isn't really what we're looking for here. Mm. So, no, I would agree there's probably games that. In themselves wouldn't be filler games you know if you were exp- <laughs> trying to recommend them to someone else that you didn't yeah. know or you know someone who doesn't know the game yet for you um because of the way you play it and then how much you how well you know the game it mm-hmm. does become a filler game and then i think the same applies to l- light versus heavy as well so a filler game doesn't necessarily have to be light i think there can yeah, be quite complex so. and quite mm-hmm. difficult games but at the same time You know, I think the same is true. something that maybe a game that seems quite complex to you, you know, maybe a year ago, you look at it now and go, well, this is actually a really light game. (laughs) So, you know, filler games in light, not necessarily, even though they might feel like it because you play them a lot more. At the same time you know there are definitely quite a few games that are quite complex that i'd I say know, are filler, filler games, games still so
0: yeah i wonder as well now does like party games fall under the filler games category you know so we're, we're, we're i think we're both agreeing that filler games don't necessarily have to be easy to play but no. they do want to be quick yeah i'm thinking something like apples to apples in my head yeah or i much prefer calling it apple zu apple which is inside of my box but i love saying it in german it's the best way ever to pronounce it and that is a game that is is super basic where you know someone calls out you know places a card down and they go what do i think is courageous and you have a hand of cards with descriptive words in it or people or things and everyone secretly puts in which one they're yeah. guessing and then somebody you get to choose and whose answer was picked is the winner can it be a filler game too yeah, yeah. i kind of like to think it could oh, i yes. think you could start a night off like that couldn't you? yeah i don't
1: know party games definitely i think mm-hmm. they they can fit that niche but
0: yeah, I just think it's an interesting way where we're looking at things today, where we're looking at fillers kind of not, I uh, not big kind <laughs> of the versus heavy, but you know, here's, so here's, we're looking at the lighter yeah. end and yeah. then the kind of the not so light end, I suppose the heavier, the heavier end of things.
1: Yeah. And, and the reason why I think, as you say, filler versus heavy isn't necessarily versus, but <laughs> yeah. I quite find often that heavy games usually also take longer. So very rarely would I say a, a truly heavy game is also a filler game. Yeah. It's usually quite, hard to learn there's quite a few rules usually or like we're talking about euphoria i think that's heavy maybe not as heavy as as some would consider it but to me personally that's heavy enough Mm -hmm. so there's quite a few rules usually interlocking mechanisms now it's more the complexity and and that as i say that then uh, basically defines the length of the game as i say if you consider the setup the teaching Mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff so um, heavier games don't necessarily take uh a long time to set up but a lot of them have like various moving parts the chance are there's various components you have to set up as well Mm -hmm. so they might take a bit longer from that perspective so there is a link but of course no just because one is a filler game doesn't mean it's not complex a filler game can be more complex as we said and versa a heavy game can actually be over very quickly um so it's just you know it's it's what i think edward from heavy cardboard calls a thinky filler you know it's it's, it's actually they're quite heavy games quite complex games but they can still be over within half an hour so there is definitely again overlap here but yeah I mean, what what, what would you say? How how would you define heavy games and specifically?
0: So the first place my brain went when I was thinking about this was the BGG um, weighting system that they have for games where you can look up a game and they'll give you a numerical value to the weight of the game. So it goes from zero zero to five. I was curious to see what they consider to be heavy games. So I had a look through my own collection to see what was up at the top there. And it surprised me a lot because... The first thing it taught me is I think I'm kind of spoiled in what I think of complexity. And that might be because I play my games pretty much entirely at two player. Games get far more complicated the more players you have. So I think I'm a little ahead on that. But in general, they all just all seem to be games that had a lot of decisions for you to make that there were plenty of options available and that on the one hand will make the game longer because you know you're thinking more about your decisions because there are more of them and of course that's you know exacerbated by the number of players you have as well so maybe making the game long yeah. um i agree with your part about kind of setup and things like that they're usually a bit more elaborate now not always the case obviously you can't say always about anything on this list no. really can we no no, no we can't <laughs> but in my mind a heavy no, game no. is one where there's lots of there's lots of things going on that you have to take into account or you have to think quite deeply about each of your moves or where they're going or things like, or things like that. That's, that's where I'm putting it. Yeah. Um, and you can have filler games definitely with those kind of traits where, you know, I know I've looked at a Azul for like 10 minutes and gone, I just don't know which one to pick. Ah, oh God, do I want the green yeah, tile or yeah, yeah. the red tile? <laughs> um, I think, you know, we all have those moments even with smaller games too. Uh, like I think King Domino is famous for that as well, where you're just like, do I want to go yeah. with all the water or do I want to go with all the corn? Um, and I just think, I, like, I do actually think it's quite a personal thing, though, what you determine to be heavy. Um, Like, the games that are BGG are considered to be super heavy. I wouldn't have considered all of those up there. Um, So, like, Terra Mystica is up quite high in complexity levels, and I wouldn't have considered that overly complex. So it's kind of, I don't know, I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a personal thing, but I think it's fascinating that Board Game Geek thought they could weigh games like that. And I'd love to know how they get those numbers. I think people vote on the complexity of the games, so that's what the people think. So I don't know the voice of the people have spoken. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is I think it it is very controversial as well that rating but it's it, it mm. obviously helps you if a lot of people think that's heavy uh, and the majority think that you know there's lots of those. And you probably can see that it is probably a more complex game. I mean mm-hmm. another game I was thinking of when you're saying king domino is something like onitama. Yes. Is relatively <laughs> simple to learn, relatively quick to play. Oh yet really thinking, you know you know it's along the lines of a, a simpler version of chess i don't know whether yes. it's simpler but maybe just a quicker version of chess or mm-hmm. i don't know but it is you know it could be filler game really yes. um but it could also be considered a heavy game mm-hmm. so there yeah. is a it is an overlap i mean chess itself it would just take too long so you know <laughs> considering unless you play i mean you can play it obviously with with a chess clock as well so you can yes. have a quick filler game of chess speed chess yes. and all that sort of stuff so <laughs> and i think that's that's where the, the distinction is so difficult to say okay well this is a heavy game well yet yeah, it is but it can also be a filler game so yeah. there's definitely it's, overlaps and
0: i find it funny i've played on with a chess clock right <laughs> um because it is one of those games and my husband is the kind of guy who would have played chess growing up and he's the sort that when he really has to think something out I call it he gets like into the tank where he goes silent and he makes his face where he's really concentrating really hard and working out all the probabilities um, and he does it when he plays chess but he does it when he plays Onitama and then he was taking too long for his turn so we put him on a, a 30 second timer um, <laughs> and <laughs> but I think Onitama is the best example I can think of of what a filler heavy game and we're very careful about playing it because we do treat it as a heavy game and it's probably the most for serial game we have in the house as well, <laughs> it's it's, right, it's definitely yeah, yeah. treated like one of the, the the bigger games for sure. So yeah, I think Onitama is a great example of a heavy filler game. Yes. So, so
1: shall we move on to our uh, top five? Even though. I don't think it has to be ranked as such, but you <laughs> yes. know, our, the five games that we think are filler games and and why we think that, and maybe then five games that we think are heavy games and and why we think that. Excellent, I'm looking Do you want to make to... a start, maybe with? Sure, I was really, going... I was
0: really looking forward to hearing your fa- your favorite fillers. Um, I was very excited, so I, <laughs> okay. I I will hold down. I'll I'll keep it together till it gets to, to go, till it gets to your turn. <laughs> So I'll jump right in anyway with my five, five filler games in no particular order. Yeah. And the first game I thought of when we talked about filler games is a small card game. I, I think you can't not think of one of those. Yeah. Um, and this is probably one of my favorites and I've talked about it before. I'll probably talk about it again. <laughs> and this is Epic the Card Game. Yeah. <laughs> and this is from White Wizard Games. I swear someday I'll make a piece of content about it. I'm trying really hard. Um, but for now, I'm just going to keep um, singing its praises whenever I get the chance. So Epic the Card Game card game is a a card game where you're duelling against your opponent. You play all sorts of ridiculously amazing cool creatures and spells all of the time um, until one of you runs out of hit points. It's got some really lovely art. It's very quick to play. You don't need to know anything about building decks or collecting cards because you just need a pile of cards and you can grab them and you can play. Um, It's very quick. It's like 5-10 to minutes. It is quite thinky but less so than other card games just because all of the cards are really ridiculously good so you don't have to think as much because everything's brilliant you don't have to go oh i'll save this for later i think i know that i think yeah it's it's the funniest feeling when you draw you draw a card off the top of the deck and you go oh it's brilliant and then you draw another you go oh my god that's so good and that is basically the nature of the game where you just go look what i got well look what i got against each other um and i i love it and you can play lots of games very quickly and it's got all sorts of great advantages that i consider a filler game should have um and that is why i'm first naming epic the card game i think You can't
1: you can't not have a deck builder in there, definitely. You know, and, so. or a card game. Most card games are quite quick yes. and and filler games. Uh-huh. So no, I completely agree with you. And and I'm actually on the same lines. My, my probably first uh, uh-huh. example, let's say, very similar lines. White Wizard Games. Yeah. Is Star Realms. Yay. So it's not as epic <laughs> as Epic is, no. but it's <laughs> it's even easier, which yeah, yes. I can deal with. And it's <laughs> lots of pew 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 and you know yep. drawing cards and destroying mm-hmm. bases and you know classic deck builder you know huh. you have 10 cards you draw five cards mm-hmm. you play them you buy stuff you attack people yeah. and you discard them and then you draw some more and uh, yeah it's so good. i think that those two are the classics so epic and star realms sort of hand in hand basically the same it's thing
0: a good job white wizard games yeah <laughs>
1: yeah they really do
0: put out some great little great little card games yeah yeah yeah. cool okay so okay so what
1: is your second filler game
0: my second filler game has also been one i don't shut up about it a lot but um i just gotta come straight out with (laughs) sakatsu in it number two it's not even a number i don't want to give it a number i love i love love, love this bird game i think this is the one that really put me down the path of, of there's a lot of merit to filler games um and I did. It's not that I didn't think it before, but I didn't believe it for me. You know that kind of way where you're like, "This is good for everyone else and how they play games." Yeah. Um. This is the first time I found a filler that really fit me, and this is a game of of beautiful birds, and you're trying to connect them, connect colors in your in your garden. Yeah, it's it's like a it's like a fancy checkers, a more intelligent checkers. Um, and I find the more I play it, the better <laughs> yeah, yeah. it gets which is also really surprising. It it does feel like, you know, like chess or something like that where you're you're coming up with moves, you're coming up with things, but it's so easy to play. So easy to set up. It looks great on the table. And I think it's the game I'll I hopefully will never stop playing. I it's my my most played game of the year. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so yeah. that is Scacchi from IDW Games. Um it's one I recommend everybody check out. So good, so good. Right, so Oliver, what it. came down in your list next?
1: Something yeah. along the similar lines and yet, yet another card game and probably um, maybe a bit more thinky is Silver by yes. Busier Games. Mm-hmm. So Silver obviously comes in three varieties. Um, silver um, amulet, silver bullet and silver something with C coin. That's it, silver <laughs> coin. But they're all basically sort of the same thing. You have five cards face down in front of you and a deck of cards um, that you can draw from and then You do certain actions, but basically, ultimately, it's a sort of, well, you're trying to work out what cards you've got. You're trying to work out what other cards, what people, what cards other people have. Mm -hmm. Then you can play cards either for their effect to influence your own cards or... Someone else's, and then basically you you sort of doing like a set collection thing. You're trying to basically reduce your uh, cards in front of you in your village, as they're called in the game. And then by the end of it, someone eventually then calls, uh, you know, for a score. And then whoever basically has got the lowest score wins. So the cards are numbered from zero to twelve, I think, or something like that. I can't quite remember. So it's a bit more thinky, maybe, but there's also a lot of luck. It's more a memory game, I think. And yeah, it's a lot of fun and lots of lovely illustrations. So if you into sort of memory games, um, then Silver by Better Games will be for you. What other game have you got in your filler games list? Then?
0: Okay, right. Um, so next on my agenda is one I mentioned earlier, um, and this is King Domino. Yeah. And, and this is from Blue Orange Games. And King Domino is probably relatively well known by now, but it is a tile laying game in which you build your kingdom and yeah. you draft different portions of it to try and connect up different parts of your kingdom to score your points. Um, I've actually had King Domino a long time, and I I really enjoyed it. And I tried Queen Domino, yeah, and I didn't like it half as much. And okay. I think that's because King Domino is the real filler game. I think Queen Domino is much more of a kind of a midway game. Right. And I think there's something really fun about how fast this place, how easy it is to set up and just get going compared to it's compared to the Queen version. And um so I've always I've always stuck with the King. I have a lot of plays of this one under my belt as well because I just think there's something really satisfying about watching everything click together for points and actually one of my favorite parts of the whole game is the part where you total your points and i love like literally taking my finger and pointing at all my tiles and multiplying them then and doing the other bit (laughs) like a small child but there's something really tactile about that and i think that's what makes the game partially so satisfying um so i'm a big fan of king domino yeah so what so what's next on on your pile of awesomeness
1: well something that's sort of similar to king domino but a bit different and i would probably consider that still a filler game even though that might be sort of getting to the half hour line and that's hanging gardens Mm -hmm. that's yeah again this was a spatial puzzle um a bit Bit more involved than uh, King Domino, we sort of just connect tiles depending on what you know it's at each end of the tile. Um, In Hanging Gardens, you got uh, a two by three grid on basically sort of poker-sized cards, Um, and then this grid is then potentially filled in with I think it's four, three, four different colours representing different types of gardens, and you can basically overlap these cards with the existing garden tile a different card to make bigger and bigger areas of the same color ideally and then if you have enough of them you can then score them and then the scoring is just a matter of how big your garden is you actually then take a scoring tile so it, there's a bit more thinking involved than in this and the game can take you know up to half an hour rather than just the 10-15 minutes that some filler games might take so it is a bit more thinky again but i do think it sort of links in with the king domino idea of you know having uh, having sort of tiles that Connect up and and matching colors and things like that, uh, and again, it's it's quite easy to take with you, um, so you can play it anywhere. And it it I would say again, as I say, because of the the way it plays, it takes a little bit longer to explain potentially. So again, that increases the game length a bit. But that, to me, that's sort of at the upper end of a filler game, Hanging Gardens. And again, it's not really too thinky because ultimately you have four choices of the cards you can play. Usually, or, or three in a three player game. Uh, and you have to then choose which one fits best. So it isn't you know, there's not usually too much analysis paralysis going on either. So yeah, Hanging Gardens by uh handsome gluck, I think it is. Hey. So on Sounds to like I think the <laughs> fourth game now that uh, we've got two yes. more games to to list in the filler games Should- category.
0: Two more games to list this, right? So I had a real problem deciding between both of these tiles. Um, because in my mind they're they're in the same spot on the shelf. You could pick one or the other. And so I I was debating between Azul and reef right and they're both from plan b games <laughs> reef is definitely the easier the two to get into and to teach but um i say i fit both of these in they just fit in under the half an hour mark so actually i'll talk about reef because i think reef is like that reef needs more love than it gets it's okay. all all the love <laughs> So, um, so Reef I- Reef is a, a game with these amazing chunky pieces that look like a coral reef. And your job is to align them on your little player mat. I think it's four by four grid. And you're wanting to match to particular designs that come up on your cards to score points. Okay. The game also works in three dimensions. So you can stack your pieces on top of each other. And some of the, the kind of the end game scoring things will request that of you. And you draft new ones as you go along, as you complete them. Um, it's very simple. Um it's very straightforward. I can teach it I can even I can teach this actually. But the nicest thing about it is its components. Um, it's like the pieces are huge. Like you think as all nice reef is just these chunky pieces. Like you're a child. just right. These yeah. neon pieces, yeah. and it's it's a lot of fun to hold them, but also to stack them visually. And I I like the fact the game is three dimensional. And normally that bothers me a lot in games. I'm terrible with dimensions, but um, reef isn't too bad because you can physically see everything as it, it towers kind of above each other.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's yeah I, I think reef is great. I think not enough people talk about reef. I th- just think it came out at an all awkward time where there's some other really great vaguely similar yeah. titles which is why it's all in it are together on the shelf um but more reef deserves more love i think it's a fantastic title and one of my favorite filler games so what about you oliver we're getting down to no we're getting down to number four
1: yeah there's a couple of examples of, of games that um i think might be worth mentioning i'm gonna s- do the next one um as jaipur which is again Yay, probably at yes. the upper end of mm-hmm. filler games so half an hour should be playable because you play three rounds and you should be able to finish it you know each round within 10 minutes but again it depends on the game and you know you might go slightly over half an hour um setup is a bit more involved because you've got quite a few tokens to put out and line them up and again put them away so it's not just a matter of taking deck of cards and you know Shuffling, and that's it, or you're shuffling everything back in the box afterwards and explaining, possibly also a bit longer, but ultimately, this is basically a set collection game. So, you have a hand of cards, um, of uh, basically representing six different goods and you're trying to create sets of them ideally and, and if you have enough of each then you can take them to market to convert into points and points are also um, you know going from higher to lower so the sooner, the quicker you can sell certain items the more points you will get to that for them. Um, so you sometimes might want not sell a larger or wait for a larger set you might sell a, a smaller set just to get the more points and then um, you know the next player might you know have to wait a bit longer to to get more points for that but yeah the basic thing is you you know play cards draw cards have a maximum hand and you're collecting sets of of different types it's two-player only yeah and that's the other thing so that maybe limits who this might be for whereas uh, all the other games you can play obviously with more players um but it's it's a favorite of my wife and I we, we played quite a bit and again small box again I keep going on about small boxes so <laughs> it's relatively easy to teach and quite quick to play especially if you play the very first game open with open hands so everyone can see what's happening and then by the second game everyone will have realized how it works so yeah Jaipur okay. is is I my mentioned. well not number four but the fourth I've mentioned on <laughs> <in> this list. <laughs>
0: J4 is a fantastic little game. It's really surprising because you look at all the pieces inside the box and go, God, that can't be all that exciting. But yeah. it's really fun once you get it going and get playing, isn't it? I, I like J4 a lot too. It's great. Uh, yeah. It's really good, really good fun. So, the last game on my list, and I also would like to highlight that actually, none of my games came in a particularly large box, even though <laughs> I, I was trying to think <laughs> about when you said it's small, small. Some of them are in small boxes, but a lot of them are in the, the slightly smaller ticket to ride boxes the smaller ones but yeah. um, so the final game on my list um, which deserves mention and this is San Juan and this is published by I want to say Rio Grande Games but I think it's in the ALEA titles it's in the, the numbered games pile
2: right yeah And it's
0: an oldie but a goodie <laughs> so i think i've talked about san juan on here before i'm pretty sure i have because it's just it's kind of addictive um and it is a game um in which it's a tableau builder in which you're kind of building your city and there's a specific set of actions and you'll bid for them on each turn you'll get to choose which one you want to do and the best part is when you do an action um everyone else gets to do the same action too just a lesser version of it so you get lots yep. of stuff going on the whole time best part about it is is that you're putting buildings out in your city but they don't cost money they cost cards so each of your card is the equivalent of money so much of the game is about balancing how many cards you want versus how many cards you want to keep okay it plays really really quickly the buildings and stuff are really really interesting and it's a really nice like light little card game and if you like race for the galaxy which i also mentioned earlier this is the game that came before it so it doesn't have all the symbols it's got all the text instead yeah. and i didn't i wasn't sure how much i'd like this because i like the the space version a lot and i didn't <laughs> think this would stand a candle to it but um apparently it does apparently building your city is just as exciting um so i like that one a lot and you can have that played in like you know 10-15 minutes pretty much um cool. it's the best yeah. part but yeah so it's fun. So that's that is San Juan. All right. So let's hear number five. I'm waiting for your Mintin title. (laughs) Yes, you you're absolutely
1: right. Um I I couldn't I couldn't go with filler games and not mention not mention Sub Quark, obviously here, David Miller and Kate Beckett. Quick hello to everyone there. Mintin mini skullduggery, I think to me is probably a really good example for filler game. Because it is literally one of those games that is, doesn't take long to explain. It, it might seem a bit confusing at the beginning. The idea is basically you rolling dice, a pair of dice, and then depending on what numbers you roll, and whether you roll, no, actually three dice, if you then roll, you know, singles, doubles, or triples, you get a certain amount of points. Uh, these are actually skulls, and then you want to make sure you reach an exact number of skulls. If you go over, you go bust. Uh, if you don't quite reach it, you have to carry on playing. And you literally just roll dice. And if you have the number that, that's required on there, then you carry on rolling. If you don't have that number, then the next player goes. And there's a couple more things to it. But it is literally nothing much to think about. Rolling dice, having fun. You can play it in literally 10 minutes. You can play several rounds. I mean, my daughter and I have played it like uh, in a restaurant several times before as we are waiting for food we played outdoors and it's literally a filler game because it can fill not just a space between two other games but it can fill the time while you're waiting for food can fill the time when you're traveling you can fill the time while you're sitting at the beach um you know waiting for other people or whatever it's it's just to me the perfect example of of a filler game so yeah mintin mini Skalduggery by subquark and there's obviously other Mintin yeah. and Mintin mini games by Subquark yes, that fit are. that same criteria. So, yeah, that was the last <laughs> in my list which means we're moving on to the Woo. heavy games now, which is going to be interesting because <laughs> I don't know how many heavy games I've got compared to you. We'll see. We'll see how, oh. how, we, how we're how doing here. Shall I make yes, a start we'll with heavy we'll games fair. this time?
0: Absolutely. I'm curious to see what your heaviest game is. <laughs> <laughs> or what I'll we're determining this. is heavy. Yeah, exactly. I think we both struggle with this, but come on.
1: <laughs> I think I think there's there's one candidate in my list of heavy games that does fit that bill perfectly uh, in, in a number of ways not just because of time but also i think complexity but maybe that's because i don't don't know that game that well and that's twilight struggle okay. yes which is a two player only game takes a good few hours to play i think even veteran players will take a while to play it and there's lots of things to think about uh, lots of decisions to be made i don't really know how best to describe twilight struggle but basically uh, you you are the <laughs> Are they playing, you know, one of the superpowers in the Cold War, you know, either USA or the, yeah. well, I think, was it still Russia, USSR at the time?
0: USSR.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, USSR. I think Russia was, you know, before the war, wasn't it? So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, during the Cold War, you're taking one side or the other, and then you have a hand of cards that represent um, operation points that basically allow you to do certain actions, depending on how many points you get for that. Um, they also represent an event, that you can play that basically make things happen on on the map. And then really a lot of it is about increasing your influence in different countries around the world, some of them are more important because they're basically um, sort of battlegrounds, I think they're called in the game, but they're sort of more politically significant. Not necessarily that they are actually wars happening there, but a lot of them do have that. And obviously, if you know the history of the Cold War, you, you will see events yeah. that obviously are recognized and what they mean. But a lot of your decisions are about, okay, do I use this card for this type of action or do I use it for something else? Then a lot of cards, you actually get like, a uh, mixed deck of cards that can benefit your opponent so you might want to play that card and, and just take the hit at the moment because it's not relevant when if it you know if you played it later it might be more detrimental to to your actions and then you, you use the action points from that card to to benefit you but then I uh, say the event might benefit your opponent so there's lots of decisions where you're constantly basically choosing the lesser of several evils really you're never truly yeah. choosing a card that's amazing for you or very rarely most of the time, it's just, uh, and as I say, lots of thinking, quite complex. A lot of it's about learning the deck, I think, as well, understanding what cards are in, in the game. So once you play it a few more times, you realize, okay, I know what sort of cards are coming up, and it becomes a bit more, not routine, but a bit easier to maybe play and make decisions. But it definitely takes a long time, and it takes a long time to learn uh, and master. So to me, that's a classic heavy game, Twilight Struggle, by GMT Games.
0: Oh, that's a tough game to play. <laughs> yes. Tell me that's uh, it. I've pl- I streamed it once. I've played it I've, <laughs> I've I've played it once and it didn't go well for me. Um I played as the USSR and tried to take over Europe. Didn't right, happen yeah. very well. No. But I I I liked I very much liked how the cards work in that game. I think they're very ingenious. Mm. I like as someone I suppose I'm not a big history buff. My other half would be, so he was far more familiar with a lot of the cards than I was. I have a very okay, broad yeah. history of the Cold War. I'm like that man looks familiar in that photo because there are real <laughs> images from history in the in the yeah. game. But I I quite liked it. I just I couldn't I wasn't sure when we were going to pull it out. if that makes sense? It's a very specific type yeah. of game and I think if you love it you'll really really love it yes but I thought it was really good actually I quite liked it but I just I wish I was more of a history buff to appreciate it more you could learn a lot from that game actually okay so this is where I got interested so my heavy games I could have filled number one to five I think with Vital Lacerda titles if I wanted (laughs) to but I elected not to do that. I said I would choose one, um, instead. But I, I just wanted people to know that the list is there. And he's well renowned for making very, very heavy games. It's not a lie or an exaggeration. It's pretty true. Um, and I've yeah. been through a number of his games. And I quite, I sometimes though it is nice to sit down with a heavy game and know you've the whole afternoon to play it and to take your time and to go through all of your actions and enjoy the the fun. Of going through all the motions. Um, I think his yeah. games are really, really good for that. But in my mind, the most complicated title or the heaviest one. Now, Board Game Geek says that On Mars is his heaviest game to date. And I disagree with right. that. I find On Mars the most straightforward <laughs> of his titles. So I'm going with Kanban. So Kanban is his game about basically building cars in a factory. And what you're doing is kind of putting the pieces of everything together so you're getting the parts for your car, the colours for your car, all that kind of stuff, um, and then producing the cars. Um, for victory points yeah. the way there's something about the way it all fits together that doesn't go into my head quite the way i think it should because it's it's kind of like you were talking about euphoria earlier how everything is quite connected and um, once you mm-hmm. get on a roll with it you're good but it is also one of the probably the more satisfying of his titles because you get to see these cars roll off the the finish line that you have built <laughs> yeah. and um, are worth points things like that it's also a very tight game it only lasts for a certain number of rounds and i think probably is what adds to its weight you don't have lots right. of time you have a specific number of actions you can only have per turn that kind of thing um but i really really like it there is a new fancy version coming out soon from eagle griffin games um my copy of kanban yep. is the older cheaper version from stronghold games <laughs> um so maybe people have, have kickstarted the fancy one where they've re-edited the board i think that's what's really interesting but it's definitely a heavy title but one that i like i th- i th- think it's cool i also think the theme's kind of interesting there's only a couple of yeah. games i can think of about making cars yeah. so there you go um but it's it, it, it's fun and um but the one i would consider the most challenging to think about anyway so yeah, so that's my yeah. first. Um. So right, so what's next on your, your pile of heavy games? I have an idea what's on here. I'm waiting to see what you come out with. <laughs> okay, Well, we'll see. I might, mm. well, might
1: surprise you maybe not. I don't know. I haven't got that. Oh, okay. I mean, even though I like heavier games, I don't know how heavy some of these games are. But anyway, yeah. the next on my list is Dune by Galeforce 9. Yeah and i think yep. that is a classic game or literally classic isn't it it's from the 1970s or something originally but has mm-hmm. been republished right. now so it is it is a really yeah. old game and what i like about this game is well, first of all, there are diff- lots of different mechanisms happening. So quite a few rules. Every faction w- plays slightly differently, so it has rule-breaking things in them. So they're, you know, um, f- faction-specific abilities. And, yeah, so there's lots of rules to learn, lots of things to understand. Maybe a bit different to Twilight Struggle. Twilight Struggle, in a way, probably has less mechanisms, even though it seems more complex. But Dune, on the face of it, might seem more complex when you start playing. It actually flows because... I like these sort of games where you are doing, uh, you know, battle almost. I mean, you're not necessarily fighting head-to-head all the time, but a lot of it is about this, okay, I'm invading this area, I'm, I'm deploying my troops, I'm trying to get control of Dune. Um, and obviously the theme of it, I mean, who hasn't probably heard of or even watched the film Dune, and it, I think they're remaking it very soon as well. So it's, it's a theme yes. that I really enjoy. And, you know, some of my friends in the board game, uh, Games of Might group, they know the films of almost inside out. They can quote things as we're playing stuff and, you know, quote scenes from the film. And it's, it's quite amazing. But yeah, it is quite complex. We do have to strategize. You also have to respond to what other people are doing. So there's lots of planning ahead, but also lots of, you know, quick responses to what other people are doing so best laid plans are important but usually are destroyed by someone else's actions and it takes a fair amount of time to play as well and it takes a fair amount of time to learn the different factions so once you get maybe familiar with one of them If you then play a different one, it plays quite differently in different aims, even though the rules are almost the same for all of them. There's bluffing in here as well. You know, lots of, you know, bluffing and pretending you got the card when you don't have a card. And memory elements as well. You're trying to remember what people have played and haven't played. And, yeah, it is. it is just lots of things happening basically even though the game when you play it isn't too bad it is relatively straightforward but there's lots of things to learn and understand and to me that makes it a complex game at least from a learning perspective which to me fits in the heavy games Mm -hmm. category and also the length of it i reckon it's it's yeah at least an hour if not more like two or three hours (laughs) so depending on how many of you play of course so dune by gale force 9 my Mm. second not second heavy game but um yeah second (laughs) on my list at the moment
0: (laughs) <laughs> i knew you were going to pick that because you know dune ah. is a heavy book so of course it has yeah. to be a heavy board game <laughs> <Yeah>. even <laughs> but, um, though this, yeah, I this think time the box is actually idea. quite
1: light there isn't much in there really there's <laughs> lots of you know the big map and a few tokens and that's yep. it but yeah it's a heavy game yeah. itself <laughs>
0: definitely yeah, and definitely one that takes a bit of time to play so that i think that always plays into kind of the heavy factor doesn't it the length of time it's yeah. going to take to to play a game so, number two on my pile of heavy games, I think most of this list is actually are just games I wish I played more often, um, right. if I had the yeah. brain power for it. So I'm quite happy <laughs> yeah. to title the list as so. Um, so this is going to be Feudum from Odd Bird Games. So. <laughs> I'm trying to describe what Feudum is about. But kind of... Feudum is kind of an it is an area control game. You're building Feudums or kingdoms, I suppose, yeah. um, out on the map. But what makes Feudum kind of complicated is the fact that there are a number of guilds in this world. And to perform all of your actions, you have to go through these guilds. And you have, kind of like Concordia, you have a handful of cards that are set. um, And each round you can play up to three of them. And so maneuvering these guilds because they're interconnected. So you'll do something in one and it'll move pieces into another and playing your cards in such a way to get a benefit from activating these guilds um, is really what the game is about um, creating freedoms yeah. and things like that. So the, the what makes this game like, I actually don't, I think it's actually quite straightforward as a game, if I were to explain it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. there are so many ifs ands, buts and extras um if that makes yeah, sense yeah. there's um there's just so many options that it's very difficult to decide which one is the best right now and and you know where you're kind of going long term plotting things out and that's only playing with two players um you can play this with with more and i can only imagine how hectic it gets with more people because you are competing for spaces and for spots <laughs> um and things right, like yeah. that so i can i can see why this um is is lauded as a complicated game I suppose big or a heavy game and it's because it is. <laughs> there's no there's no two ways <laughs> about it. But I think at its core, it's simple. It's just trying to decide stuff is hard. Yeah. And just because each of your cards can do so many things depending on what guild you go to. So there's six of those. So each card has six different actions you can do with it essentially. Right. So yeah. you have a you have yeah. a hand of 18 actions if you just play three cards, you know, so that's where it goes. Yeah. But I do love Feudum. It's well um, known for its artwork. It's a stunningly gorgeous game. It's really, really well put. Together. It's definitely a bit <gasps> okay, what do we do next? <laughs> but I've still yes. I still enjoyed it quite a bit. It's not do you ever get like where a game is terrible to you but you can't stop playing it and you can't stop going back? Yes. You're not quite sure. Yes. You're not quite sure. So I can't I can't bear to get rid of it, but I also I don't know if I can bear to play it. So that's feudum. Uh it definitely belongs on my list of heavy games. <laughs> heavy and the box is heavy the whole thing's heavy it is yeah. And i know what you
1: mean about about games that you sort of love hate so to speak yeah. and i, I get yeah. that almost mm-hmm. with dune uh, even sometimes well actually Scythe is probably almost my classic example where mm-hmm. i play it I lose. I don't can't work out why I lost why what what could I have done differently. And then <laughs> yes. I really frustrate it and then I play it again because I need I suddenly have an idea and then try something else and still lose and then yeah. yeah. I get that. So that love hate <laughs> relationship with these games that really um, frustrated you because you think you're doing so well yes. and you're excited about it. <laughs> and then it beats you and then you play it again because you need to try something else Mm. so yeah i get that
0: i think i would love it better if i was better at it it's just that feeling of i i vaguely know what's going on but not entirely and i should but i don't know (laughs) yeah Yeah. exactly it's just something frustrating about it but it's got it's hold on me yet anyway (laughs) so yeah so that's feudum. so what about you oliver what what got its claws into you and didn't let go
1: Right, so another, well, I would say it's a heavy game. I don't know, you might disagree. It's uh, Magnate, the first city by Naylor Games, mm-hmm. which, yep. um, well, has been on Kickstarter. It hasn't be, didn't been delivered yet, but I had the opportunity to play the sort of pre-production copy. I've been able to test it before. So it's a game that I've, I really enjoy and, and sort of really gripped me. And I think it is a heavy game as well. It's an economic sim- simulation you're basically property developers buying land in a fictional city, uh, you know, p- plots of land, you're building houses, you you upgrading them, you know, to t- tearing them down and building tower blocks instead, and you're building factories and all sorts of stuff. And depending on where buildings are placed and how they're placed next to each other, obviously you might gain money or lose money. It also um, is linked to the sort of property market as well. So you might be able to you know, buy stuff cheap and sell them for more expensive, which which is sort of the aim of the game here, basically really uh, all about that, you know, buying cheap, selling high is, is the idea. But all the time the property market is getting closer and closer to a crash, so if you waiting too long it'll crash and you might lose all your money or at least half of your money and it's that excitement of it there's lots of dice rolling involved as well which seems a bit frustrating but it can be mitigated i think it just adds a nice little element of of luck so it's not just all predetermined of how things go Mm -hmm. um and then there's some extra cards in that they're also influence the stock market crash so it might move it up quicker than you might have expected so again a bit of uncertainty there otherwise you could probably math it out what you should be di- when you should be buying and when when you should be selling yeah. but there's lots of moving parts in it so you could you know decide you want to spend your action to buy a plot of land but then you might not have enough money to then actually build something on there. So do you sell a plot of land first to then maybe up, you know, tear down your normal buildings and build a tower block instead? And, or do you invest, you know, find a plot nearby that's in a good location? So there's lots of decisions and you never have quite enough money and not quite enough actions and all that. So you do have to really think about it and, and try and plan ahead as much as possible. In the meantime obviously other players are buying plots and and building buildings in the same city, so they might be snapping away, um, taking plots away from you that you were hoping to get and yeah, so you do have to sort of think: what do I need to do now? What can can I leave to later? Make decisions, prioritize things. And yeah, I just I just love the whole theme. It's it's something I really enjoyed playing a lot, and I can't wait to get get my copy hopefully again very soon. <laughs> I know uh, James is working on getting these the copies ready and all that. So yeah, that's Magnate, the first city, um, all about hey. buying. Uh, buying cheap and selling high
0: <laughs> i do think economic games bear that that title of heavy games incredibly well i always think anything involving money or manipulating your money to make more of it usually end up being quite a heavy game yeah, yeah i see. Th- so i can see where you're coming with that money is important man you can't you know you got to focus on your money exactly, yeah. in economic <laughs> games <laughs> that's serious <laughs> stuff so i'm gonna jump actually on the end of your economic games and okay. add one of my own yes Number three on my heavy list is a game I really... Actually, out of all of these, this is the game I wish I played more of the most. Absolutely the most. And this is Food Chain Magnate from Splatter Games. Nice. So Food Chain Magnate is this beautifully... Box very retro um, looking game where you're basically advertising to people in the neighbourhood to come and eat at your establishment. Now, it that you know that actually sounds like a fairly handy dandy kind of theme, but the trick with food chain magnet is that you have to employ people to come and work for you, and you have to plan like advertising campaigns. So, for instance, you'll say this neighbourhood here will receive leaflets about my burgers, but then someone else can also say, well, actually i'm offering burgers for cheaper and they'll go to their houses or go into their stores instead of yours um so yeah. there's a lot of push and pull going on and about being have been quick off the mark and it's the kind of game that you could mess up fairly easily from the beginning and not recover so, it's one of those where yeah. you have to be really on your toes. Um, yet again, I predominantly play this with two players, although I have played it with more, and it's a bit different at two than it is with more. But I consume with more, it could only get worse. Um, all this kind of stealing of each other's customers and up in the ante, and it's like, well, I'll offer you three burgers for the price of one, and all that kind of stuff. But it's really, really interesting um, and quite fun to play. I really like the theme, actually. And yeah, I quite, I quite like it. It's a money game as well, so you want to earn the most bucks. Generally, I can seem to do quite well at it by rat, but just random chance. I think I just pick kind of wisely. I don't know, um, but it's one that I do wish I played a lot more of. It takes it takes yeah. quite a bit. It, it takes a bit of time to play it. Although we have managed to play it in an hour so okay. I think like I said I think I'm in a special circumstance when it comes to these heavier games because yeah. most people playing games have more than just two people yeah. and probably if people haven't played it that often we kind of I suppose once you get into a rhythm of we know what we're doing everything's that little bit faster but yeah so that's Food Chain Magnet um, I really really like it I hate it's price tag but there you go <laughs> there you go actually all of the game all of my heavy games are very expensive games I'm just yeah. actually no the last two aren't but the ones I've mentioned so far are expensive um, I wonder, is that just a trend? Are, are heavier board games pricier?
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, I think, because as we said earlier, they usually have more components and bits in them. So that's probably just mm-hmm. h- harder to produce and more expensive <laughs> to produce. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. that's probably part of it. And, and also, you were saying about um, obviously future magnet being a classic where you literally can make the wrong decision and you're basically out of the game. And I think that is actually another example of, you know, something that heavy games or clearly heavy games and sort of that far extreme heavy corner, if you like, do quite often have that sort of part in them that you do have to make decisions wisely or you could literally lose that game halfway through or even at the very beginning with your first decision, you can lose the game. So, yeah, future it. I think. Sort of proves that point. Yeah. They have that. That there are games. Yeah. Oh, if they have that in them, they're usually heavier games.
0: True. Okay. So, what was next? What was next on your agenda? So
1: yeah, on my uh, the next game, and <laughs> it's only a late entry as of today, is Euphoria. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I um, like that. I like that. I didn't have that on my on my notes until basically I played it earlier today um and again i think it 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 meets all those criteria game length um explaining it to people and and i was i think we're saying that before we started recording and i was saying to other people as well usually with games when you explain them you can quite often sort of start playing it and just explain some of the rules and then as you go through Mm -hmm. it you explain more rules and i think paul Grogan always says that that you should do that you just explain enough that you can start playing and maybe you can't make meaningful decisions straight from the bat but you can actually make some decisions that that seem to make sense with euphoria i find you literally have to explain the whole game before you can start playing you can't just <laughs> go okay i'm just yeah. going to explain this bit because everything is so interlinked uh you know if if, if you want to And I think you said that earlier as well, internet, you're sort of working backwards, really, you you've thinking, okay, this is my final goal, what do I need to get this goal, which okay, then you go backwards to another step. And then that means means you have to do another step before that, and then you have to do another step before that. And then eventually, you you arrive at the beginning, and that's your first action. (laughs) But to make that decision, I say, you need to understand all those steps, you can't just go, I'm just going to do this because chances are okay i mean it might not be a bad decision but at the same time there may have been better decisions to make and you can't make those unless you know the whole game so to me that's another indication that this is a heavier game you have to really explain the whole thing from start to finish almost there may be a couple of things you can leave out but if you if you don't explain that then very soon as you start playing people say uh okay what do i do now well you can go here yeah but why would i want to go here well that gives you that okay why do I want that because that gives you that so you, as I say you have to explain the whole thing and as I say just yes. game length as well uh, it's um, I think mm-hmm. euphoria isn't that clearly heavy or at least heavier and again I think people it would disagree is, yeah. some people might say that that's not a heavy game um but mm-hmm. i certainly think it is one so for me <laughs> euphoria by stonema <laughs> games is a heavy game
0: yes <laughs> yes it is <laughs> i won't i won't question you with it if you if you ignore the the time component, i know i know we used to play it just over an hour it would take us to play it because yeah. i um well from way back when but there is a lot there's a lot going on there especially in your first play i think to take in a lot yeah for sure it is the whole the whole interconnected thing really isn't it it just makes games yes. but that yeah, adds yeah. a level of complexity to games that I think most people don't think about to begin with
2: no exactly and yeah.
0: my number four actually ties in with this interconnectedness problem okay and it's been a while since I talked about any games from Emperor S4 but we finally <laughs> hit on something which fits nicely um, and this is their heaviest of games I can also recommend you purchase this it's on sale in all sorts of places and secondhand places because Burano is a tough game <laughs> um, yes it's <laughs> It's their only heavy euro it's their only really heavy euro game and it'll smack you around the face it's heavy indeed. <laughs> so Verano is a game um which is set in Venice Italy and basically it's an engine builder of sorts but the the weird thing about this is well I'll start by explaining. basically how you get points is you go there's different um places you can go there's little islands and they'll all do something different to give you victory points right However, yep. to be able to get to any of these places, you build a pyramid of colored cubes on your in your playmat and each right. colored cube corresponds to one of these different locations. Um, so you pull as you, you can only access a cube you can actually reach kind of like Mahjong. So you have to take the top one off and then you can pull okay, the yeah. next four that were under it. So you have to have your colors set up before the round begins for your cubes and then you have to make sure you have enough colored cubes to keep it going and just to top all of that off all of these actions are kind of connected with each other so (laughs) i'll never forget what i learned It brano is the only i think review copy i think i've played like five times back to back To try and wrap my head around it all. Now, the interesting thing about Burano is it's actually a really, really good game once you get going. But you have to understand how everything works first little bit like euphoria before you can really make any decisions or do anyway well and we we spent a long time trying to figure out where the particular strategies we could do to make it easier ways to go and despite knowing how to play the game and enjoying it quite a bit it is a head wrecker every every step of that game is just a slap in the face (laughs) but i love it it's colorful it's bright and it's very ingenious you'll you'll play nothing else like it and but it's definitely heavy so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is why I have Brano. <laughs> my my another, not quite a love-hate relationship. I'm very fond of Brano because of so much time I've invested in learning it. So <laughs> yeah, Burano, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that, that's one of my favourite heavy games is Brano. It's definitely one of worth checking out. If you're a fan of those kind of games where everything fits together nicely, it's well worth looking into. So what what are you gonna round out the list with? I want to know. I'm waiting for something in particular. (laughs) There's a few
1: choices. I think I fired off my best guns at the beginning with Twilight Struggle and with Dune and Euphoria. So I'm going to finish on probably the lighter end of the heavier games. And again, you might argue it's not a heavy game, but to me, Terra Mystica probably is a Mm -hmm. classic game um, that I would probably compare to sort of chess level you know type of game and I would say Mm -hmm. chess is a heavy game Um, so Terra Mystica (laughs) to me falls in the same category again a number of reasons game length learning it there's quite a few things you have to learn and even the setup, <laughs> it takes quite a while to you know, <laughs> set up, which obviously doesn't necessarily make it heavier, but it obviously adds mm-hmm. to the game length, but also indicates that there's obviously lots of moving parts, lots of things happening. When you start playing it, I think it, it's probably the first few games are a bit confusing because you've got obviously your power. And I don't know whether I need to explain Terra Mystica. I think most people will, will understand <laughs> it. But it's a mix of sort of area control, yeah. going up on certain tracks to basically get more more power, more control, or more influence, or however many you call them. I mean, these are the worship tracks. I think they're called then you have these three power bolts that you can move your power tokens mm-hmm. around that allow you to sort of like special actions and you can burn power and you got money and you get income and you can upgrade your buildings that you <laughs> built on your spaces and lots of stuff happening but you can see just me explaining it it shows there's lots of rules lots of things you have to think about lots of moving parts but I found the more you play it the more it becomes i say a bit like chess, where you have sort of like standard openings, standard ways of playing, and then, as the game progresses, you go off that standard opening because certain people make certain decisions, and then you have to change your strategy slightly so it becomes i think if you, you know have played a faction a few times, you probably will play it in the same way again and again because you build your strategy uh, and that that's fine, but then you know within the first few turns you probably then migrate from your original sort of first opening if you like and because it becomes a lot more strategic tactical as well you know because um again a bit like um i was thinking what was it uh can't think now one of the games i was mentioning earlier i magnate um you do have to decide what what you want to do first and what can wait later and Terra mystic as a classic example because you usually have like three or four things you could do on your turn um but they're not equally important so some things you could do any time no one's going to stop you so you might as well leave them to later whereas other things you think well actually someone could stop you from doing that if you don't do it now um so yeah so even though maybe for some people Terra Mystica has become more of a lighter game because I know it so well. It certainly <laughs> takes a while to learn, and certainly a while to master as well to get to a degree where you, you feel you are developing a strategy and you actually understand what you're doing. So yeah, Terra yeah. Mystica by Z-Man Games, as I say, or games. some people call them Z-Man Games. I, I go with Z-Man. Hmm.
0: I'd love to know what they were actually called. I always call it Z-Man yeah. as well, so no, I'm curious. I Is think they're American. They probably Z-Man say games. Z, so yeah. Z, Z-Man Games. Um, that's interesting, actually. Um, a Terra Mystica cause it is a porking geek ranked quite highly by its weight. But it's one that I, know, I never found particularly heavy. I'm trying okay. to remember when we learned it first. I think the only thing we had a problem with actually was the the magic bowls. Right. The bit where you move the things around. Yep. I know we made that. We didn't work that out straight away. But there's something about that player board that when I took one look at it, I went, oh, this is what I do. Okay. I lift this off right. so I can get yeah, this yeah. and this off to get this. There was something about, I find that that's one of my favourite player boards of all time is Terra Mysticus. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like it kind of explains the game and everything is kind of on there but yeah, it's really funny because you listed out all the features of how of what you have to do when you're playing and I went god that does sound actually really complicated but <laughs> <laughs> I think about it but I don't I don't know why it kind of I think as well though if you play particular types of games um, when you play new versions they'll have some of those old kind of mechanisms in there and you'll find it easier yeah. to pick up I think if you've not played anything like Terra Mystica before it's going to feel like there's lots of things going on but I don't know there was something about the board the way the board and the mat work that kind of made made sense in my mind i remember being really surprised by by learning it um at the start but i can see why it definitely feels a lot i just i find it's so funny when you listen out loud i was like god you're entirely right yeah but um i do think though i am spoiled in the number of board games i get to play and try out and so you normally yeah. you'll go you'll play a new game and you go oh this is like such and such but this is the special thing about it Yeah. yeah so yeah. The Terra Mystica went down like that but um, yeah it's it, it, okay. a fantastic game it's one of my favourites as well so go, go Terra Mystica okay. so what <laughs> is, is the
1: last heavy game on your <laughs> list that you want to mention in this podcast alright
0: <laughs> so um, it was a real toss about putting some sort of Stefan Fell title on here but I rallied against it <laughs> so the last game on my heavy list um, say it with me folks this is Robo Rally from WizKids okay. <laughs> so Robo <laughs> Rally is <laughs> for maybe for those of you who don't know is a is a race game where you are a tiny robot but you have to program your moves and you have to navigate your way through a board full of all sorts of pitfalls and escalators and moving parts and laser beams to get yourself successfully to three flags and be considered the winner the fun part about Robo Rally is you get handed random moves, and you have to try and get to where you want to go somehow using them in in ingenious ways. Okay. But also, other people can bump into you, interfere with you, go before you, all that kind of stuff. And the, the reason I think Robo Rally is heavy is yes, it takes a long time. Yeah. It's just straight, straight up. Especially I've always played it with a number of people. It takes some time. Um. The second part is it's that puzzle of programming i trying to figure out how to get to a spot while there's a moving travel later, and there's three laser beams, and you might fall down a hole. Yeah, there's something yeah. about that level of a compl- uh, level of decision making and working out exactly the order in which things are going to happen, because it really is a sequencing game like that that um, really make it quite heavy. Now I'm sure a bunch of people are going to laugh because you can also play it where you just put your cards <laughs> in at random and hope for the best, and that's yeah. what you end up doing. There's also I also forgot to mention there is a timer. Oh, okay. <laughs> in which you have to get your moves down Yeah. because we only play it but the last person who's still going we flick over the timer so you can't spend all okay, day yeah, trying yeah. to work out the perfect moves um to add to your stress levels um and this is probably the the <laughs> the first heavy game i was introduced to um uh, and one that i will always slightly panic when we play um so i think uh, robo rally has lots of interesting and complicated decisions which might result in your death yeah, <laughs> so that's why I, it made it onto my heavy games list.
1: <laughs> nice. Have
0: you ever played Robo Rally, Oliver?
1: I haven't. I heard lots of good things about it. I do like <laughs> programming games. Um, you know, oh, I like yeah, that idea game. of okay, you have to make decisions. Um, and it's like Tiny Epic Mechs. I I love playing because not only do you make your decisions, you know, your actions in the first next four four turns or something like that. Everyone else does it, and then you execute each action. You know, mm-hmm. player by player. So as you move into a space, you have to try and predict where someone else might be moving. So you have to sort of think about what the other players where they yes. are going, and obviously they are then <laughs> double bluffing. Uh, and you think, okay, I'm going to be mm-hmm. safe moving into this space, or I'm actually going to attack them moving into this space, but they've already moved out of that space. And <laughs> yes. it's those sort of things that so yeah, it does does Definitely. do your brain. And even though the rules are relatively simple, in obviously Tony yes. epic mechs, um, yep. it's just that puzzle of okay I could move there but they know that I know that what they know and <laughs> yeah. you know all that sort of stuff yes and then a Robo as you say you have the actual environment playing against you as well um, yep. which you yes. don't have in tiny Epic Mechs so cool yeah. well that's a nice game there to finish go. on I reckon
0: I hope so. I hope so. It's a classic anyway. Uh, I do love Rubber Rally. I love that game. <laughs> it's good, good stuff. <laughs> that was really fun. I love I love hearing um you know your favorites on things and comparing them with mine. Thank I you, think yeah. there are these are these lists Likewise. are some of my favorite things to do. I love yeah. how, I love how different we are. It's fantastic <laughs> stuff. So yeah, I'd love to actually That's if good, you you yeah. know you're listening at home, let's hear what your top filler game would have been and your top heavy game. Did we get anything wrong or did we get anything right? Was there anything you wouldn't have put in those spots? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd love to I'd love to hear some I'd love to get some feedback from you folks.
1: Yeah, let us know. I'm going to put a list of all the games we've mentioned obviously in the show notes to so have a look so see <laughs> if you agree with our filler and heavy games. Do you think we've got mm-hmm. the definition right? I mean, what filler and heavy yeah. games do you play? I'd like, like yes. to hear because we'd like to mm-hmm. add to our list of uh, things of games to buy, not that we haven't got enough already, but
2: <laughs>
1: Do let Never us know. Enough. And there's obviously links <laughs> There's links in the show description to our website where you can leave all your Mm -hmm. comments. And otherwise, obviously, leave a review and stars for the podcast. Always appreciated. Find us on Twitter. Message us there. Mm -hmm. and yeah basically get in touch facebook group as well there's stuff on there so yeah head over say hello and um yeah we'd love to we'll say hello back yeah definitely
0: (laughs) we'll say hello back yeah fantastic so cool so that wraps up another episode of tabletop inquisition
1: episode 19 i think i keep counting so we're we're getting up to the 20 so maybe for the next episode we need to do something special we'll we'll let you know yes
0: Yeah, we'll keep uh, yeah exactly keep an eye on our 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 internet feeds, and you will find you'll find out what we're up to next. Exactly. So um uh, thank you all for listening, and hopefully you'll tune in again soon. And we'll have another fantastic episode
1: for you. Yeah, thanks very much, and okay. see you okay. then. Goodbye.
0: See you then. Bye.